0: The disgraced former president has lobbed another attack on our sacred democracy when he suggested that the recent election was stolen and that the winner was not legitimate. And that disgraced former president's name is Jimmy Carter.
1: There's no doubt that the Russians did interfere in the election. And I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election. And he was put into office because the Russians' interfered on his behalf.
0: So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president?
1: <laughs> Based on what I just said, which I can't retract.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you. Behold the face of insurrection. The dangerous 150-year-old demagogue who dares to question our never corrupt and always pristine electoral process. Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, and Jimmy Carter have now officially all refused to accept the results of the same number of elections. When you look beyond presidential candidates to congressmen and governors, Terry McAuliffe, the sainted John Lewis, who rejected the results of at least two presidential elections, the crowd gets a lot bigger and skews, by the way, to the left. But the Democrats' fear-mongering about insurrections and coup d'etat was never legitimate. It was always merely a way to justify the censorship and ostracism of half of the country. And unfortunately, it seems to be working. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from Friday is from Squid Vet, Ohio, who says, Hitler watching The View on Hell's streaming service must be wondering what he's got to do to prove that he's not a racist. That is true. That's a true comment. And it's uh, especially true because The View is playing 24 seven in hell. That is the only program on hell's streaming service. And that, that is one of the, the many torments that the damned must endure. Now, we, we want to make sure that we can protect ourselves, our immortal souls, our temporal bodies, and our homes, which is why you've got to check out American Home Shield. No one likes to think about household breakdowns, but they happen, and they happen way more often than you would like, which is why it pays to have a plan from American Home Shield to help cover the costs to repair and replace things like your heating system, your AC, and your fridge. They also know that no two homes are the same. That's why they have new options to help you find just the right coverage. If American Home Shield can't repair the covered item, they'll replace it. American Home Shield members get more. They get more coverage options and fewer exclusions. From HVAC systems and plumbing to kitchen appliances, their plans help protect parts of up to 23 essential home systems and appliances. Coverage is available no matter how old your systems and appliances are. Really important. When you own a home, things break. They break all the time. Keep your home up and running and keep your budget on track with American Home Shield. Right now, our listeners can take $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. Go to ahs.com slash Knowles, to save 50 bucks. That's ahs.com slash Knowles for 50 bucks off any plan. American Home Shield, be sure with the Shield. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details. Speaking of the insurrection, you know, the January 6th, the the greatest insurrection in American history. There is some footage that's been going around the internet the past few days that I think most people probably have not seen. This is from the, the very heart of the insurrection in the Capitol, starring the guy in the horn hat. So this is the leader, one of the most notable faces from that near coup d'etat that almost took down our government. Viewer discretion is advised. Uh, take a look at, at what nearly took down our government.
2: Hey, man. Glad to see you guys. You guys are patriots. Look at this guy. he's got covered
0: in blood. God bless you. You good, sir? Do you need medical attention?
2: I'm good, thank you. All right. I got shot in the face. Where are they? I got shot in the face with some kind of plastic bullet. Any
0: chance I could get you guys yeah. to leave
2: the Senate wing? We will. I've been making sure they ain't disrespecting the place. Okay, just want to let you guys know this is like the <coughs> sacredest place.
0: <laughs> so you got the cop walking in with these guys. You got a few of the alleged insurrectionists, including the horn hat guy. The cop is walking and he's like, hey guys, you mind? Maybe just, if you don't mind, could you come off the podium thing? Okay. All right. That's fine. Does not exactly look like a revolution to me. Does not look like an insurrection. Does not look like a coup d'etat. Does not look particularly violent or dangerous. It looks relatively orderly as far as these things go. And there was a cop there escorting them the whole time. Looks to me like January 6th and all of the legal threats and all of the congressional investigations and the whole hullabaloo was almost entirely a media creation. If you asked 100 people on the street what happened on January 6th, I bet 99 of those people would tell you there was a violent, you know, terrible insurrection at the Capitol. I bet maybe a few people would be more skeptical, but I don't. I, I doubt a single person, maybe one person, would tell you that it looked like that. Just a, a bunch of jokesters kind of walking around, not not attacking police officers, really, not killing, certainly not killing police officers, not uh, attempting to overthrow the constitution, not writing laws, none, none of that. None of that. Meanwhile, there was a an insurrection that very year, right, within the year of January 6th, there was, an, there was an actual insurrection called BLM and Antifa. Went on for eight months or so. There were autonomous regions declared in, in different cities in America. There were dozens of people killed in political violence by BLM. There were federal buildings attacked and it went on city after city after city. But we were told that was mostly peaceful. There's a wonderful story just out of Tennessee, actually, out of my new home state A Black Lives Matter chapter founder in Tennessee was just sentenced to six years in prison for illegally registering to vote while serving probation. Uh, According to the criminal court judge, you tricked the probation department into giving you documents saying you were off probation. Uh, Why was this woman on probation? She was on probation, Pamela Moses, uh, because in 2015 she was found guilty of a number of felonies, including tampering with evidence, forgery, misdemeanor charges of perjury, stalking, theft under 500 bucks and escape. So the reason that I really love this story, the reason the story is so delicious is because it knocks down two sacred leftist narratives. One, that BLM is not run by criminals. Two, that there is no illegal voting. And in this case, (laughs) you've got the criminal BLM chapter founder, illegally registering to vote because both of those things are true. BLM and Antifa are run by criminals and it's they are criminal enterprises and they commit lots of crimes. And two, there is obviously lots of illegal voting. This is why when the Democrats tried to pass their federal law election takeover as the first order of business for the House of Representatives and for the Senate HR1 and S1, they at, at one, and out of one side of their mouth, they said that illegal aliens will not be registered to vote. You won't have more illegal voters. And then out of the other side of their mouth, they said, and when illegal aliens are registered to vote, they'll be given legal amnesty. They won't be, they won't be prosecuted for that. Well, hold on. If they're not going to be illegally registered, why do you need to give them amnesty for it? Because obviously it is. The narratives that we have been told are not true, which brings us to Joe Rogan, which is actually probably the biggest news of the day. Joe Rogan is a dangerous, dangerous, racist, disinformation peddler. He wasn't any of those things a week ago, but now the left has decided he is all of those things because he has positioned himself, not even with the conservatives, just sort of against the left-wing narrative. Joe Rogan is a liberal. He's a full-on liberal. He's not a conservative, but he's contradicting some of the leftist narratives. And so now Joe Rogan's got to go, according to them. So, the mob makes up its own narratives. Facts be damned. First, they tried to get him on COVID disinfo. The problem is that Joe Rogan has been more correct about COVID than Dr. Fauci, Joe Biden, and Rochelle Walensky combined. So, they couldn't really get him on that. So, what did they do? They dug up some old clips of his show in which he was quoting people using the N word and they called him a racist. They tried to insinuate this is always what they do. They insinuated that he was a racist. And unfortunately, Joe has sort of kind of apologized.
2: Hello, friends. Um, I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out. That's a compilation of me saying the N word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast and it's all smushed together and it looks horrible, even to me. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but for a long time, when i would bring that word up like if it would come up in conversation and stay, instead of saying the n-word i would just say the word i thought as long as it was in context people would understand what i was doing like that context was part of the clip we were talking about red fox how red fox said that word on television in the 1970s and how times have changed so much since then
0: so he's explaining why he did it. The explanation's perfectly fine. But then he's apologizing too. And he's trying to split this baby. And he's trying to see if he can put this cancel mob back into Pandora's box. I don't think, I don't think it's working. I don't, and I think Joe Rogan's got to be very careful here because this is going to have huge effects, not just for his show, but, but actually this Joe, the Joe Rogan podcast, the way he behaves now, is going to have huge effects for free speech in America. That's very scary. There's a lot of downsides to this culture, this cancel culture, which is why I would recommend you get upside. Gas is going through the roof. It's very, very expensive, and I can save you 25 cents per gallon every time you fill up. That's actually, that's not true. I, I want to correct myself. I can actually get you 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up when you download the free get upside app. You get the free GetUpside app. You use promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. You will get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up, and you'll get 25 cents per gallon on every fill up you make after that. It's very simple. There is no catch. There is only cash back. This goes straight to your bank account, or if you prefer, goes to an Amazon gift card or a gift card to some other shop, can go to PayPal, however you prefer. It's very, very simple. People who drive a lot Are getting two to three hundred dollars per year cash back right now. Download the free GetUpside app, use promo code Knowles, WLES to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That is code Knowles. Joe Rogan is apologizing for using the N-word. The word, he didn't say the N, it's confusing because it's the only word you're not allowed to say, but he didn't say the N-word. He said the N, you know, the word, the actual the N-word. Okay. When he was quote, he didn't say it in anger, he didn't say, you He was just quoting other people or or discussing the context of it. And he did this many times over the years and no one ever had any problem with it until the liberal establishment wanted to go after Joe Rogan for having the audacity to question the exalted Dr. Fauci, who has been completely wrong about almost everything with the coronavirus. And so because Joe Rogan now demonstrably has a better record on COVID than the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Because of that, now they're digging up old clips out of context and trying to insinuate that Joe Rogan hates black people or something like that. And the problem is, Joe is sort of apologizing. As a general rule, apologizing for out of context remarks to people who have not been offended by them and who do not care is neither helpful nor good. It's not even the right thing to do. But it, but beyond whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, it also won't help you. I don't think it's going to help. People think it will help them, but it, it'll actually hurt them. I understand. I have been the target of a couple of cancel mobs in my life, one of which was pretty serious, could have taken down my career. And there were, there were so many incentives to just to apologize. Yes, it was out of context. Yes, no one was really offended. Yes, they're just using this as a way to attack you. Yes, yes, it's not whatever, but just just apologize and it'll all go away. It won't go away. It won't. That's not it's not going to go back to normal. It's not going to you're not going to be allowed to just apologize and because it's not no there's no not real repentance and real grace here it's a completely contrived situation, and the minute that you show them a little bit of, of your neck they 're going to hack your head off okay that's what this is about you've it's I would call this the Hank schrader rule, and I think Joe Rogan would do very well to heed the hank schrader rule the Hank schrader rule comes from breaking bad it 's the scene where walt's brother in law Hank the cop is killed. And the rule is this, do not apologize to the mob. Do not grovel to the mob because the mob made up its mind 10 minutes ago. Hank,
2: listen to me. You got to tell him. You got to tell him now that we can work this out. Please, please.
1: What? You want me to beg You're the smartest guy I ever met. And you're too stupid to see. He made up his mind ten minutes ago. Do what you're gonna do.
0: That's what happens. And, and Hank was right and Walt was wrong. Walt's saying, no, just apologize. Just say this will go away. And then we can all go back to normal. You can't go back to normal. When, when the cancel mob asks for your apology, they're not trying to figure out what to do with you. They've already made up their mind. They're going to kill you. <laughs> they're going to kill your career. All right. They're, I hope they don't kill you literally, but they're certainly going to kill your They've already made up their mind. So the question is, what are you going to do now? And that's the question for Joe Rogan to make. And unfortunately, I think Spotify is pushing him in the direction of censorship. You don't, you don't want to do that, okay? The, the internet is moving in a, in a bad direction right now. It's moving in the direction of censoring Perfectly fine, perfectly good, perfectly true things. There is one internet company that's been around since the very early days that will help you to get incredible prices on travel. That would be Priceline. Right now, it can feel like everyone is getting less. Less social interaction, less sunlight, less steps, less time being in the office. And while that last one might not be so bad, don't you want more? Well, since 1998, Priceline has been the best way for travelers to book the trip they want at the price they can afford. Priceline saves consumers more than $1 billion every year so that their customers never have to miss the moments that matter. With Priceline, you can save up to 60% on your favorite hotels, and you can also get exclusive deals on rental cars and flights. When you save more, you can do more. More walks on the beach, more talking to strangers, more fun in the sun. And no matter where you travel, still less being in the office, which is always enjoyable. There are few things that feel as good as knowing that you saved money with the discounts Priceline offers. You get that feeling a lot because you can save more and you can enjoy more and you can do more. At Priceline, every trip is a big deal. So when you're ready to book your next one, you go to Priceline.com for the best deals that will help you get more out of it. There's a report out now that uh, as of Saturday, 113 episodes of the Joe Rogan podcast have been taken down. Uh, Rogan reportedly made the decision himself, but this decision was made after conversations that he had with Spotify. It's very easy to judge Joe Rogan for taking down his episodes. Right now, you say, no, you're giving into censorship. You're giving into cancel culture. Joe Rogan has a $100 million contract with Spotify. $100 million contract. And the the thing about Temptation is that it's tempting. That's what makes it tough. And all of us who have who have given in to many less enticing temptations than $100 million, all of us who you you know see a, an extra drink at the end of the night, we can't say no. Or you see a cute chick at the end of the bar, you can't say no. Or you see the extra plate of turkey on Thanksgiving, you can't say no. We're judging Joe Rogan for saying, I'd kind of like to keep the $100 million, thanks. No, the tough thing about temptation is that it is tempting. The question is though, what does Joe Rogan want? What does he want to have happen now? It seems to me the mob already made up its mind. Spotify, though they're not firing Joe Rogan outright, they are appeasing the mob and they're placing disclaimers on his episodes with conservatives on the issue of COVID. They're taking down over a hundred episodes apparently of his show, all the saucy, interesting episodes. They're just taking those down. They're saying that he needs to have way more Democrats on. They're, they're neutering the show. They are neutering the show. They've already done it. They've already taken down the saucy, spicy stuff that the libs don't like. So then the question for Rogan is what kind of show does he want? I don't know. I can't answer that for him. I don't know. Joe Rogan is a comedian, he was a sitcom actor, a stand up comedian who became probably the most trusted broadcaster in America. I I imagine he didn't expect that. But what kind of show does he want? The establishment is ordering things such that he can be an insanely rich man who will work for a very long time doing a completely innocuous show that doesn't rock the boat. Or he can be content just having a lot, a lot of money, but not an insane, but just a lot, a lot, a lot of money and doing the show that he wants to do. What do you want to do? I don't know. I hope I hope that at a certain point of wealth you say, screw it, I don't care, whatever. This is kind of what Chappelle did. Dave Chappelle did this at Comedy Central. He was offered a crazy contract, I think it was $50 million, but it was to do a show he didn't want to do. He said, Stuff it. I'm gonna, I've got enough money, I'm gonna go do my own thing. What's he gonna do? It's going to matter because if they can do this to Rogan, there is no reason that they should keep any of the rest of our shows up on Spotify. Ben, me, Matt Walsh, Candace, oh my gosh, Candace, uh, any of, any, certainly any of the Daily Watch. Why? Why are you going to keep us up? I, I like to think that the reason they'll keep us up is because they don't want to just shut out half of the country for saying perfectly ordinary, common, commonplace things. But if they're even going to go after Rogan, who is a liberal, why wouldn't they go after us too? A lot is riding on this decision, Mr. Rogan. I don't know Joe Rogan personally. We follow each other on Twitter, but a lot is riding on this man. I know it's tough, but stand firm. Come on, push back, push back, please. Speaking of, they're going to try to neuter the show. Speaking of neutering, there is a disturbing TikTok, as most of them are pretty disturbing, going around Uh, It shows us the consequences of the sexual revolution, where a young woman and her two boyfriends, I guess one's a husband, and then also her girlfriend, discuss the dynamics of their sexual polycule.
1: Hi, my name is Anna.
2: I am dating everybody in the polycule. I am married to Jake. We've been together for eight years and married for three.
0: I'm dating Spencer. We've been together for three and a half, and I am dating Ellie, and we've been together just over a month now. I am bisexual, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm also in charge of this account and in general.
2: Hi, I'm Jake. I'm married to Anna and she's currently my only partner. I am demi-romantic, which means I only get feelings for people, like romantic feelings for people if I've been around them for a while and get to know them really well. And I'm technically pansexual, but I like the bicolors more, so I call myself bisexual. Uh, my pronouns are he, they. Hi,
0: I'm Ellie. I'm dating Anna. I'm not currently dating anybody else. Um, I'm some flavor of queer. And my pronouns are she, her. I'm Spencer. I'm only dating Anna. Um, I'm bi, but like, bi. So th- this video goes, we can cut it there. This video goes on Spencer, then is asked what his gender is, and he gets confused. And then he, sees, he sees, says, gosh, I don't know. And he's having. And he looks really lost. I think we need to rescue Spencer. I think we need to send in a search and rescue team to go help Spencer. Uh, Really, all of these people are hedonists and deeply disturbed people and quite degenerate and they need to be reformed and (laughs) improve their lives. But Spencer especially seems very lost. The sexual revolution has been an unmitigated disaster for the human race. How can a society go on with that, (laughs) where that is the understanding of life, love, sex, reproduction, or the lack thereof? How can a civilization go on in that unserious a way where the men are wearing cat ears and proudly boasting of how cuckolded they are, and the women are... I don't know. They've all got these sort of glazed out creepy eyes that everyone's marveling at, at this kind of sex and gender craziness as though it's new. Oh, it's so new. We're in a brave new world, but it's not new. It's, this is just paganism. This is just, this is what things were like before Christianity. Okay. And it wasn't great. There's nothing new under the sun folks. what is rare is not this breaking of all the rules and all of the taboos and all of the moral norms that we've had for the past 50 years. What's new is civilization. (laughs) And we are throwing it away for a polycule with creepy Anna and her cat cuckold husband and her girlfriend that she's known for a month and poor Spencer who doesn't know what gender he is. People need to calm down, get some perspective, maybe have a cigar. That'll help you do it, which is why I would recommend you check out Thompson. I had such a lovely day yesterday. What did I do? I went, I sat outside of my house because if I did this inside my house, my wife would either divorce me or murder me, probably more the latter. I went, I sat outside at my nice little table. I I brought out my computer. I was doing a little work. Very often I'll bring out a nice book. I'll bring out a nice, maybe a a little seltzer drink, maybe a little something stronger. And you know what I always bring? A delicious cigar, Thompson Cigars. Yesterday, I smoked the Oliva Series V, which I really like that cigar. They have a nice anniversary one. But Thompson's got all all the brands that you want. They've got your uh, classic Olivas, they've got your uh, wonderful Padrones, they've got your Davidoff, they've got your Nat Sherman, they got your Tatuaje, all my favorite stuff. I've been a customer at Thompson since I was 16 and my mother bought me my first box of cigars for Christmas that year, sit back, take a break from the craziness with a cigar from Thompson Cigar Company. They rarely do offers. Right now they're offering our listeners 15% off orders over 75 bucks or 20% off orders over 99 bucks. To take advantage of these incredible savings, go to ThompsonCigar.com. Use promo code Knowles when you are ready to check out. That's T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, cigar.com, promo code Knowles, and uh, go check it out today. You're going to enjoy it. Let me know how they smoke. Also, this Thursday, February 10th, will be the world premiere of Shut In, Daily Wire's first original film at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, over at the Daily Wire YouTube channel. Uh, This suspenseful thriller follows a young mother trapped by her violent ex husband and his meth addict friend, and she must escape to save her children before it's too late. It's a tale of redemption to the beat of a seat-gripping thriller. The film premieres this Thursday, February 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central over at Daily Wire's YouTube channel. Make sure you click the link in the description and turn on the notification bell so that you don't miss it, because after the premiere, it will only be available to Daily Wire members. And before that world premiere, make sure you catch this week's episode of Backstage. You join me, Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, Matt Walsh, and Andrew Klavan, Thursday night, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, over at, you guessed it, the Daily Wire YouTube channel. The premiere of Shut In starts at 9 p.m. Eastern, so that's on the same channel. Be sure to tune in before then. We will see you very shortly, Uh, but we will also be right back with a lot more. Speaking of creepy sex stuff, Michael Avenatti, Do you remember Michael Avenatti? He is the man that we've all come to refer to as the creepy porn lawyer, the creepy porn lawyer who uh, represented Stormy Daniels. He kept attacking Trump. He went on every cable news channel on the left, which is almost all of them, for months and months. He was talked about as a possible 2020 Democrat presidential nominee, Michael Avenatti, was already convicted of, of a felony for trying to extort Nike. Uh, but he was just convicted of another one for uh, stealing money from Stormy Daniels, his porn star client. So this this is the caliber of man that the Democrats will elevate on their media platforms and they'll even talk about him as a p- potential presidential frontrunner. The kind of dirtbag lawyer who would rob his hooker client. He was spoken of so highly by the left that Anna Navarro, she's the fake Republican on the view, but she's obviously a very left-wing person. Anna Navarro, I kid I don't even want to say it because it seems sacrilegious even to observe what happened. This woman compared Michael Avenatti to the Holy Spirit.
1: Lately to me, you're like the Holy Spirit. You are all <laughs> places oh at all God. times, right? <laughs> I mean, you, I, I do. I see you all over cable news. I see you. You know, there is a, a, a seat available if you want to be a co-host at the View. You might, you know, there's people here you can pitch.
0: This is the kind of person, and it's, this is not just a one-off, okay? What you're seeing here with Michael Avenatti, it's not just a one-off. Think about Andrew Cuomo. We're all Cuomo sexuals. Oh, Andrew Cuomo. I've got a crush on Andrew Cuomo. He's the greatest governor in America. Remember that? Just a dirtbag, corrupt politician. Chris Cuomo. He's so respected over there. Don Lemon. He hasn't fallen yet, but their foot shall slide in due time. Uh, oh, Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN. That guy's out also ostensibly for creepy sex stuff, even though it wasn't. Jeffrey Toobin. He's, I'm, now I'm just talking about CNN. The list goes on and on and on. Outside, These are the kinds of people that we are told are, are the moral arbiters of the universe. Meanwhile, Joe Rogan is, is unclean. Joe Rogan is, is lower than dirt because why? why? Because he contradicted Dr. Fauci. You're known by the friends you keep, okay? The, the ladies on the view, the cat, I, don't, I don't mean to use that term. It's disrespectful to ladies, but the, the hens on the view, they're known by the friends they keep, CNN, you're known by the friends you keep. The Democratic Party, you're known by the friends that you keep. And I, I'm noticing a pattern here. Michael Avenatti, to compare him, how, how disgusting to do that. Speaking of ethical lapses, really disturbing report out about, you guessed it, Dr. Fauci, the man that we're not allowed to criticize, the man who is basically behind the attempted assassination of Joe Rogan's career. He's at least the, he's the cause of the attempted assassination of Joe Rogan's career. There's a, a report out from the White Coast Waste Project, White Coat Waste Project, not the White Coast. I don't know. What would that be? Part of the Hamptons or something. Uh, that uh, Dr. Fauci's NIAID funds 80% of research involving human fetal cells. According to this investigation. The NIH is actively funding over $27 million of research, approved to use human fetal tissue, and uh, they're expected to spend over $88 million total on human fetal tissue this year. And out of the current pool of just $27 million, $21.6 million has been dispersed by Dr. Fauci's department, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. In other words, Fauci is funding around 80% of the current NIH experiments on human fetal tissue, that is, cells derived from murdered babies. This this does not tie in with Fauci's uh, corruption regarding COVID or his incompetence regarding COVID or his outright lies and even admitted lies or even perjury regarding COVID. This is a completely separate issue, but it shows you just more and more evidence of this guy's ethical issues, his lapses in judgment, this pattern that this guy's understanding of ethics, political ethics, medical ethics, his judgment is really compromised, which is why you should not vote for any candidate for federal office who does not sign the Michael Knowles Public Health Protection Pledge. It's a very simple pledge. It's got two pieces to it. One, that you will vote to investigate, subpoena, investigate Dr. Fauci. Two, that you will vote to zero out his salary. You can't fire him, only the executive can do that, but you can zero out his salary. Two parts. We just had a number of, I mean, we've had dozens and dozens of, of federal candidates sign this pledge. Uh, J.D. Vance, very well-known candidate for Senate in Ohio, just signed it over the weekend. J.D. Vance is the author of Hillbilly Elegy, a very serious Senate candidate there. It's, it's very simple. We've had many, many other candidates sign it as well you should send the Michael Knowles Public Health Protection Pledge to all of your candidates, your sitting congressmen, your senators. Send it to them and say, sign this or you don't get my vote. This man needs to be kicked out of his perch of power. Speaking of corruption in our public health establishment, Jen Psaki was just asked about this Johns Hopkins working paper, this study out of Johns Hopkins. It's a meta-analysis of lots of other studies They looked at thousands and thousands and thousands of studies. They narrowed it down to 30 some odd studies that were really, really rigorous on the effectiveness of lockdowns. And they found out that lockdowns not only don't help to improve the public health, not only do they not stop the spread of the virus or whatever we were told that they were going to do, not only is the epidemiological literature very clear on the ineffectiveness of lockdowns from a public health standpoint, but from a political, economic, social standpoint, Standpoint, even standpoints affecting other areas of public health, they're a complete disaster. They cause the breakdown of society and lots of other uh, lots of other social problems. So a reporter asked Jen Psaki about this study and whether that has led the White House to change its views on lockdowns. Jen Psaki's answer tells you the whole story about the study and about the lockdowns.
2: Real quick on the um, Johns Hopkins study on the lockdowns. Um, it was this meta-analysis that came out of several studies, uh, lockdown during the first wave of COVID in spring of 2020, found that it only reduced COVID mortality by 0.2 percent in the U.S. and Europe, um, and suggested they have little to no public health benefit but severe consequences for the economy. Um, and that it suggests that lockdowns shouldn't be a part of a future pandemic response. Uh, is that the shared view of the administration looking in the rearview mirror? Well, I would say I would first, of course, point you to our health and medical experts for specifics on this specific scientific study. I would note that the president has been clear: we're not pushing lockdowns; we've not been pro-lockdown. Uh, that has not been his agenda. Most of the lockdowns actually happened under the previous president. What our uh, objective has been is to conveying that we have the tools we need to keep our country open, um, thanks to the president's leadership and focus on fighting the virus, uh, and that's reflected in the fact that 98% of schools are open, uh, over 210. 10 million Americans are fully vaccinated. Uh, We have the tools to avoid lockdowns and we're not moving back. And that's our intention at this point.
0: This is how you know that the study is legit. Jen Psaki just gave us the best evidence so far that this meta-analysis from Johns Hopkins is legit. Because she doesn't even try to refute it. She actually does the opposite. She says, no, we never liked lockdowns. No, we hate lockdowns. (laughs) That's obviously BS. The Democrats and, and Joe Biden have supported all sorts of draconian public health measures, all sorts of slow down, don't go out, stay home, don't do this, lock up. They Of course, they've supported that. But they've got two choices here. They can either attack the study and say, no, the lockdowns do work, or they can embrace the study and say, no, we hate the lockdowns. Those are the only two options they have if they want to come out of this in a politically advantageous way. And they chose the latter because they can't refute the study. Because the study is clearly rigorous. It it takes into account dozens of other studies. and, And we know that the lockdowns are useless. They're medically useless. Politically, they're very useful. And people are catching on to that now. Now is the time to push back on these officials. There's a woman in Prince William County, in the school district there, she showed up to the school board to gr- to grill the members of the school board and to speak out against the superintendent of the school board there. This woman had a great riff on the inefficacy of masks and the insanity of masking up the little kids. But then she showed the political corruption here too. She pushed back on the narrative that so many politicians have leaned on, which is, look, there's nothing we can do. We want, look, we're just following the scientists. Look, we're just following the, we're just following orders. Okay. And so you got to mask your kids up and, and we just have to go along and do it. That's an excuse. They're, they're hiding behind other people to push policies that they want. And this mother has had enough.
1: On November 15th of last year, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. McDade for 10 minutes following the CRT town hall meeting. During that discussion, which was friendly and cordial, I asked what she, as superintendent, could do to get the kids out of masks. Dr. McDade told me that she would if she could, but that her hands were tied by then-Governor Northern's executive order mandating face coverings. And if it weren't for that, things would be different. Well, tonight, things are different. Yeah. And I'd like to ask you, Dr. McDay, tonight what has changed and what do you plan on doing now that your hands are untied? I'm, in fact, I'm asking all of you to step up the way other leaders who have, who have and are ending COVID restrictions by the day. What, when will you, what will it take? You are on the losing side of history. Thank and it's you, time Ms. to make Benson. that right before these children now.
0: Thank you. Be still, my beating heart. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I just... I just want to watch it again. I want to watch it on, on loop. You can see in the boardroom that they're meeting in, there are all these big signs up in front of the school. They say, thank you, school board. Great job. Keep up the, oh, it's so one. Thank you, school board. It doesn't sound like those parents in the audience are thanking the school board. Now, in the room, it's, it sounds like prime minister's questions out in, in the United Kingdom. So, forget that. It sounds like a WWE match. Woo! Yeah! Wow! Yeah! Get him! You drag him, girl! It's so, there is obviously so much popular support for the parents who are taking control of their children's education, pushing back on these psycho administrators and these leftist insane politicians and saying, no, enough is enough. Take off the stupid masks. Stop trying to make me inject my kid with the experimental drug to maybe possibly, but probably not protect against the virus that doesn't pose any particularly grave threat to them. Shut up, you awful superintendents and you principals and you school board members and get out. Because we're going to control education now. This is such a great issue. The people running the education system are completely full of it. This is a great issue where it, kind of like Joe Rogan, actually. Joe Rogan transcends political boundaries. He is a liberal, but he appeals to lots of conservatives. He appeals to some leftists and some Bernie bros, too. He's got a really kind of broad appeal. The same thing with this parents movement. It's got a really broad appeal. It's not just the rock-ribbed conservatives. it's, It's any mother any parent who doesn't want their kid to be victimized by psychos in school. And there's a whole lot of that going around, by the way. Speaking of child abuse in schools, there is a video making its way around the internet. You know, I generally hate TikTok. I generally hate what social media has done to the world. However, it is a good way to shine light on abuses that are going on. And, and some of these are contrived. Some of these are non ginned up to attack someone like Joe Rogan, for instance. You take a bunch of short clips out of context, and then you use that as a, as a way to, to lead a digital lynch mob to destroy this guy's career. But sometimes you see legitimate abuses. There's a school in DC that is now forcing elementary school students, we're talking about five-year-olds, six-year-olds, to march around, masked up, of course, wearing uh, wearing the masks carrying signs that say black lives matter and chanting blm chants if these students were forced to uh, walk around Holding up a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary and chanting the Salve Regina, there would be lawsuits. It would, it would, it, I would say it would go up to the Supreme Court, but it wouldn't because that that would be shot downs at so much, so many of the lower courts. You would have teachers fired. It would be a national scandal. It would be a national scandal if students were made to engage in a religious ritual for good traditional true religion, for Christianity. But because the students are made to march around holding up signs and giving religious chants to the leftist secular religion, the BLM religion, well, that's perfectly fine. That's actually mandatory. Obviously, this thing should be illegal. BLM is a terrorist organization founded by Marxists. It's anti-American. It should be, it should be suppressed in the country and it's it it has no place in schools obviously without question but we've got to go further in our thinking of this we can't just i it really drives me crazy when people say just keep your religion out of politics you can't it's not po- politics always is about religion because it's always about morality and it's always about how we view the world so it's always going to be about Or they'll say, keep politics out of schools. That's not possible. Politics just refers to public things, how we all get along together, the values that we hold in common, the way that we see ourselves and each other and our country. You can't keep politics out of schools, certainly not out of public schools. Politics, political and public mean the same thing. They're synonyms. So you can't keep politics. The question is not, will we have religion in schools? The question is not, will we have politics in schools? The question is, what kind of religion? The question is, what kind of politics? What will be tolerated? What will not be tolerated? Right now, if you read the Bible in schools, if you you teach the Bible in schools, you will be reprimanded and probably fired. If you read some Marxist trash in schools or Ibram Kendi or critical race theory, if you teach that in schools, you will be rewarded. Often that will be part of the curriculum. They're both... They would both be religious views. It's just one of them happens to be good and true and essential to our civilization. And the other one is modern leftist trash. And unfortunately, right now, we're elevating the thing that is false and destructive and and ugly, the leftist theories, and we're suppressing good, true religion. Same thing with politics. We're going to be taught politics. When you say America's a good country, America's done good things. That's politics. When you say America's an evil country, And it's a white supremacist country and it's got structurally bigoted and whatever. That's politics too. You're always going to have the politics. But what what are the politics going to be? Our form of government is conducive to justice. That's politics. Our form of government is deeply unjust. That's politics too. You you can't get rid of it. What is the politics going to be? We don't teach students what to think, only how to think. That's, That's another one of these stupid slogans that doesn't mean anything. Because all schooling teaches students what to think. So what are we going to teach them to think. If you say murder is wrong, you're teaching someone what to think. If you say that murder is okay, if it's done by BLM and Antifa, you're teaching them what to think too. You're just teaching them something that is wrong. We've got to grapple with that question. The schools are the battleground where it's going on right now. And there was a photo that made the rounds this weekend that to me, it, they say a photo, an image says a thousand words. I think this image says a hundred thousand words. It's an image of Stacey Abrams, the pretend governor of Georgia. Remember, we're told it's evil and terrible and destroys our sacred democracy if you question election results, unless you're a Democrat, in which case it's wonderful. Stacey Abrams has been pretending that she won her gubernatorial election for four years now. And Stacey Abrams, as part of her fake gubernatorial tour, went around to an elementary school and she took a photo with students. All the little kids who are at statistically very low risk, if any risk from covid They're all wearing masks. Stacey Abrams, who is at a significantly higher risk from COVID, it's still a very, very low one, but higher. All right, let's uh, put it that way. She is not wearing a mask because she's not really afraid of COVID. None of the people who are telling you to lock down and wear masks and take them, none of them are afraid of COVID. They just want you to be afraid of COVID and they want to control you. And she's sitting there smiling, grinning ear to ear, no mask, all the little kids, Have to mask up. Tells you everything you need to know about the masks and the politics of COVID in one photo. She gets called out for it. What does she do? She plays the race card. She says, it's shameful that our opponents are using a Black History Month reading event for Georgia children as the impetus for a false political attack and it is pitiful and predictable that our opponents continue to look for opportunities to distract from their failed records when it comes to protecting public health during the pandemic. This pathetic, transparent, and silly attack is beneath anyone who claims they want to lead Georgia. What are you talking about, lady? You got caught in rank hypocrisy. And now you're playing the race card like the left always does. It's the exact same thing that's happening to Joe Rogan. Rogan has, been, has a much better record on COVID than any of the so-called public health leaders. Some random podcaster weightlifter, Has a better record than Dr. Fauci. That's the state of our country right now, and and he he calls them out, and the left doesn't like that, and they call him a racist. It's the exact same thing here. It's the exact same thing here. And the woman doing it here, by the way, also questions the results of our elections. None of this is sincere. None of these attacks are sincere. They do not deserve an apology from us, people who have not committed any particular offense toward these people. The people who are attacking us do not care. They don't deserve an apology. What we have to do is stand firm and fight back. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley audio mixer, Mike Coromina, and hair and makeup by Cherokee Heart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2022.